This weekend was a really important part of what we do as a church. We started this year by prayer and fasting, you know, and so, you know, a lot of you might be um, fasting right now and you're thinking, gosh, Catherine, I think it's time for you to stop speaking. And you're probably thinking, Marco, please don't preach now this morning. We can just end it now because after this meeting, we're going to gather together and we're going to break some bread. Even if you haven't fasted, you're welcome to break some bread. We're going to have God's chicken this morning. It's not Chick-fil-A, by the way, because there's other God's chicken. God actually owns all the chicken on a thousand hills. And so this morning, we're having Chicken Express after the meeting, but we're going to get together and we're going to break bread. But God did something significant this weekend that I feel like we need to talk about. It started off on Friday night, and it even started off pre-leading that. People were praying for this weekend, and people not just here in this church. I know many other church plants in the nation were praying for our prayer and fasting weekend. And so the question is, why do we pray and fast? Why do we even take the time every year to stop, to listen, and to hear from God? It's because of exactly that. You know, we can easily come up with programs to define who we are as a church. We can come up with all these great ideas about what God wants us to do. But if we're not taking our hearts to the Lord and saying, Lord, speak to us about what you want us to do, then are we really following God? And so this weekend was all about hearing from the Lord. It was about listening to Him and letting Him move. Friday night, the worship night was so powerful because God spoke to us. And He didn't just speak through the songs. He spoke through people. And every word that came up here, as people came and shared, flowed into the next word. And it was honestly something that was uncanny. You would call it if you weren't a believer. But we know it's the Holy Spirit. You know, and from that moment, we walked out of there and people started to pray the whole weekend. They prayed here in this venue. I know people were out of town and they were praying out of town. But what was amazing is as you go around this venue and you look at all of these flip charts here, all of these you know, words and declarations that have been written, written on there, what you will find is that there is a common theme. God is speaking to His church. He's releasing us this year into a season of new beginnings. I said this on Friday night, that I believe this year is a year of new assignments. It's new opportunity and there's new ground that God is taking us into. There is a powerful declaration over us as a people. And that declaration is not so that we can grow in numbers and become the biggest church in Lakeway. It's so that we can become mobilized people that will go and reach the lost with the gospel. Over the weekend, I was you know, hearing you know, a lot of things from God myself personally. But one thing that really just came out quite strongly in all of these words is a scripture from Zechariah chapter 4. And God is speaking to the nation of Israel about, you know, small beginnings. But what he says before he gets to do not despise small beginnings is he says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. For us to reach the city of Lakeway, to plant other churches, to build campuses, it's not by our might. It's certainly not by our numbers and it's certainly not by my power. It has to be a product of the Holy Spirit. And it's regardless of how many people we have or don't have. If God could change the world with 12 disciples, believe me, friends, He can change the world with 100 odd people that are in this room today. The only thing that He requires from us is a willing heart for us to put up our hands and say, Lord, here I am, send me. And that's the mandate for this church this year. And I want to tell you that the words that God brought weren't just words for us as a corporate body. I'm not just to say, Hope Rock's got a plan, Hope Rock's got a destiny, Hope Rock's got a future. Because guess what? Hope Rock is a name. The church are you. Amen. We are the church. I'm not the church. Catherine's not the church. Collectively, we are the church with our head being Jesus Christ. And so when God speaks to His church, He speaks to individuals in this church. And I'm believing and hoping and trusting. And if I read those words correctly, I know that God has spoken to you as individuals too. He's released new vision in your own lives. So what is it that God has for you this year?
What is the ground that he's calling you to take? What is the destiny he's calling you into? Maybe it's a new business. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's planting a church. I have no idea. But I'm excited to see God bring that to bear in your life. I really believe this year we will see healing in greater number. And I'm not talking about physical healing necessarily. I'm talking about the healing that took place here. There is a lot of spiritual healing that needs to take place in the church. We've got wounded people in the church. And the church is not facilitating the healing that they need because they're not relying on the Holy Spirit. For us to be effective for the kingdom, we need to have a healed church. And I believe God's going to do that. He's going to start bringing those things that you've bottled up for so long, that you've hidden deep down inside. He's going to bring them to the surface, and that's going to be painful. But He's bringing them there so that He can deal with them, so you can be free, so you can bring freedom to those that God needs freedom to be brought to. There's a word that the Lord gave me, this passage in Scripture, that the Lord, I believe, laid on my heart for us as a church for this year. And it was something that I want to read to us this morning because it sort of flows into what, you know, I might say today or I might not. I suppose I hope it does because otherwise it will be weird. But let me tell you, Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 4. You probably all know this passage of Scripture. The context of here is quite simple. The nation of Israel, or in fact the nation of Judah, has been taken into exile into Babylon. Catherine said, Catherine said something earlier when she was speaking. She said that we are in this world, but we are not of this world, Right? And so the context of speaking to exiles in a foreign land is very applicable to us as a church because we might be here and Texas might be your home. Wherever you come from in the world, it doesn't really matter. The fact is this world is not our home. We are exiles in this world. We are sojourners here for a limited period of time. Our home is in heaven. And this is what the Lord says to the nation of Judah. He says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Babylon always has and will continue to represent the wicked systems of this world, the worldly systems. We, as an exiled people, are in Babylon. Yes, it looks like Austin and it definitely feels like Lakeway, but make no mistake, friends, we are in Babylon. He says, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters. To all the men that are married, it doesn't mean take more wives. That's not allowed. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. And then he says this, multiply there and do not decrease. You know, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of multiplication. We are called by God as his children to multiply the kingdom. Adam and Eve are in the garden right at the beginning. What does God say to Adam and Eve? He says, go forth, multiply, subdue the earth. And what he's saying is take the kingdom of God that exists here in Eden, this perfect piece of paradise, and make the whole world paradise. You and I, friends, are called this morning to do exactly what the nation of Israel was called to. More so, we are called to do exactly what Adam and Eve were called to do. But we can become so content in this modern age of just sitting and growing and getting fatter and fatter and fatter, metaphorically speaking, not not physically speaking, because I'm fasting right now, so I'm really hungry. But we love to just sit and just just be. And we think that multiplication is growth in numbers in the church only. We think if we have a bigger building, we've multiplied. That's not multiplication, friends. That's addition. Multiplication is take what God has done in this lampstand and take it to another lampstand. Build another campus. Plant another church. Send people out. I tell you now, the more people we send, the more God will bring. And we don't just send the rabble. Often we like to think, well, I know a few people in this church I'd like to send to plant a church. No. We send the best, friends. 
We send our greatest. We send the most anointed to go out there. Will we be less? Maybe for a time, but God will replace those that we sent. And then he says this. He says, seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. That's what I believe God is saying to Hope Rock Church this year. Seek the welfare of the city in which I have placed you. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, not on your behalf. We need to stop praying for ourselves all the time and start praying for the city. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. I don't know if that doesn't convict you, Lord. I mean, friends, but it convicts me because the Lord convicted me when I read this. You see, the key to us unlocking all that, ha- that God has for us as a church in 2023, in 2024, in 2025, in 2026, and every other year that God has this lampstand going, and I hope it's a really long time, is for us to seek the welfare of the city, and in particular, the welfare of the people of the city that He's placed us in. Let's think about that for a moment. Seek the welfare of the city. Pray for the lost. Find the lost. Tell them the message that Catherine just spoke about. Tell them that reality says that there's actually only two worlds you can go to. One is heaven and one is hell. And love for me is to tell you to go the right way. That's seeking the welfare of the city, friends. And so this year, I want us as we walk into 2023 to become the church that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 16. You know, there's this account that happens at Mount Hermon, at the foot of Mount Hermon, where Jesus asks his disciples, he says to them, who do you say I am? And they all give him different answers. You've heard this passage of scripture before. Some say John, some say a prophet, some say Elijah, some say this, some say that. And then he turns to Peter and he says, but Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. The Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but this is from my Father. And on this rock, the revelation of who Jesus is, not Peter, on the rock of, who the revelation, of the revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, friends. The church in Matthew 16 is a church that is moving forward, not backwards, friends. The gates of hell are being stormed by the church. We are not waiting for hell to come to us. On Friday night, Mark brought a word. He said that as we were praying in this place here and we were worshiping God, he saw the enemy scattered around this building and circling us and just being irritated and sort of agitated by what we were doing here, friends. That gets me so excited when somebody tells me there's demons outside there that are messed up because of what we're doing in here. Because you know why they're messed up? Because we're not doing it in here. We're going to take it out there. We're going to push back the gates of hell this year. We will be that church that Jesus commands us to do. And we will storm the gates of hell together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. You know, it's going to be very weird now, so I'm just going to keep going. But I don't think we're going to actually get to everything that I wanted to say. No message. The message is that God wants us to be ready. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be able to move forward in the plans and the purposes that God for us. On Friday night, I said this. Uh, there was one passage of scripture I wanted to read, and it comes from Psalm 91. I don't know if everyone's familiar. Is everyone familiar with Psalm 91? 
Okay, we all know that. That's the one that we, re- that's the one we read to each other when we're driving in the car, right? Lord, we pray Psalm 91 over the vehicle. Hallelujah. We're all going to be protected. We're going to get to where we need to go safely. But I felt like there was something incredibly powerful in it. Because, you know, going where God wants us to go requires a few things. It requires obedience. When Joshua crossed the Jordan River, and we have crossed the Jordan River as a church, I'm telling you now, we are in the promised land. The first thing that he encounters is the city of Jericho, right? The biggest city known to mankind, biggest walls, biggest, thickest walls. I mean, it's impenetrable. God gives Joshua this weird story to go and do. I mean, let's go and march around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, we're going to blow the shofars and the walls are going to come tumbling down. How many of you would have said, Lord, I'm there, I'm doing it? I would have said, Lord, no ways, bro. I mean, that sounds crazy. First of all, I don't know how to blow a shofar. Secondly, I'm not a dancer, I'm a warrior. But God says, no, do this thing. But what's interesting is the day before the battle begins and this whole story starts, Joshua encounters this warrior standing outside the city of Jericho. And he's clothed in bright clothing and he's radiating and he's drawn. He's got a sword drawn. And Joshua goes up to him and he says, are you with them or are you with us? And you know what that soldier, that mighty warrior says? He says, no. I don't know about you, but that's not an answer. No. And then he says, I am the commander of the Lord's army. He says, take off your shoes for where you are standing is holy ground. There's only one person in all of scripture that commands us to bow before him. And that is God himself or his son, Jesus Christ. Joshua is meeting Jesus in that moment. And what Jesus makes very clear to Joshua is it's not about your plans. It's not about their plans. It's about my plans. For us to go where God wants us to go, it's going to take obedience in 2023. We're going to trust God. He's going to ask us to do some crazy things. He's going to say, go out there maybe and plant a church. You can think, but who are we going to send, Lord? That's the entire church. We're going to say, okay, Lord, if that's what you want. He's going to say, go pray for this person at the Galleria. A person who you think doesn't actually want to be prayed for. He's going to say to you, go. Are you going to obey or are you going to say, no, Lord, that's crazy. Maybe he's going to tell you to walk around H-E-B seven times and blow the shofar on the seventh time. Who knows? If he does that, don't phone me. I'm not coming to do it with you. It's going to require faith. It's going to require faith for us to do what God has called us to do. Isaiah 42 says this, and I'm going to read from this real quick. I don't even know where I am here. That says the Lord God, who created the heavens and stretched them out. Sorry, verse two, uh, 42 verse 5. There's no scriptures on the screen in case you're wondering. Who spread out the earth and what comes from it. So this is God speaking, and he's sort of... he's he's setting himself up, right? He's telling us who he is. So this is the God that created everything, who stretched out the heavens, who stretched out the earth, who made everything we can see, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. This is the creator God of the universe. I am the Lord, Yahweh. I've called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for my people. Do you know what it means to be given as a covenant for the people? You are a promise. You are a down payment. We, friends, the church of Jesus Christ, are a down payment to a lost world. Because when they look to us and we can smile in the face of adversity, we can bring hope to hopeless situations, and we can continue to say our God is good no matter what we face, friends, that, friends, is a covenant right there that I want to believe in. He says to open the eyes of the blind. That's our job. We get so fixated on ourselves that we forget about the lost. We are called to open the eyes of the blind. If it means preaching the truth, we will preach the truth. 
We're not here to you know, be culturally sensitive to what's going on in this world. We're here to preach Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected. That's our job. He says this. I'm getting there. To bring out prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. And here's it for Hope Rock Church. Behold, the former things have come to pass. The new things I now declare. They will spring forth. I tell you of them. We're moving into a new season that requires obedience. It requires faith. And then it requires trust. And so can I ask you to stand? I'm going to read this psalm over us as a declaration for this year. Because I want to leave you with no illusion that this year is going to be easy. This year is going to have its own challenges. This year will have its own giants. This year will have its own cities that God calls us to breach. This year is going to require us to pick up our cross daily and to follow Christ. But this is what the Lord has to say to Hope Rock Church. A band can come up. He says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Not in the shelter of their comfort. Not in the shelter of whichever political party is on the throne today. Not in the shelter of their health. Not in the shelter of their wealth. But he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, Hope Rock Church, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Every year it seems to me, ever since I've arrived in America, that there's a new crisis every January. Something's going wrong. It's going to get worse. We warned all the time. Things are going to get terrible. You better be prepared. You better be ready for the worst economic situation in the history of the universe. You know what the scripture tells me? is that in the shadow of the Almighty, we will be protected. Why? Because the Lord is our shield. Now, I'm not saying we're not affected by it, but that's not where our hope is or our trust is. Our trust is in the shield that protects us, not the world. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Now that is something that should stir our hearts. Because we all inherently know as believers that the wicked will be judged, right? We know that. But I want to tell you that that simple understanding creates in us a sense of apathy. We think to ourselves, well, they lost, it's okay. Friends, that should never create in us apathy, that people are going to hell. There is a moment right now where you have something that can snatch somebody out of the pits of hell. It's our job to tell them. Like Catherine said, love is about telling them the truth in love. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, Hope Rock Church, 
the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds me fast in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Jeremiah chapter 29 says this, that if we do honor the city that we've been called to, if we seek the welfare of the city and not just our own welfare, the Lord gives us a promise in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans for your good fortune. And he says, and when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I'll protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The contingency of the promise in Jeremiah, and I believe the contingency of God empowering us with greater measure with his anointing, rests in this simple fact. Seek the welfare of the city. And it's not just Austin. It's not just Lakeway. It's wherever God calls us. Instead of sitting on the sidelines and saying, I can't wait for those sinners to get what they deserve, it's time for us to get on our knees and say, Lord, deliver them from their sins. Help me to be the vessel that can reach a lost and dying world. To know Christ and to make Him known sounds like an awesome bumper sticker. But when we think about it, the great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And a second is like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. When was the last time you loved somebody as much as you love, as you love yourself? I know for me, I'm convicted because there hasn't been many times in my life that I've ever done that, apart from maybe my children and my wife. You will love your neighbor as yourself. And then the great commission born out of a desire to know Christ and to know his heart and to seek and to save the lost, he says this, go now therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And know this, I will be with you until the end of the age. That's what 2023 is about, friends. And I'm sorry if you didn't get to hear Revelation preach this morning, but I think that God spoke what He wanted to say. And that matters more to us as a church than anything else. In fact, we want more moments like this, where God just interrupts us, where He changes our schedule. Let's bow our heads. Holy Spirit, thank You for interrupting us with Your Word. Thank you for showing up in this place, for pouring out your presence on us this weekend, for speaking to us the way you have, for giving us vision, for giving us direction, for giving us a path, Lord. I pray, Lord, that over each and every one of us, that you would give us the willing, obedient heart that we need to follow you in the face of ridicule, in the face of accusations, in the face of people telling us we don't know what we're doing. Help us to stand strong on your word. Help us to obey your word. Help us to obey your leading. Lord, give us faith. 
Faith that can move mountains. Faith that can shake the very foundations of every building we ever walk into. A faith that is not born out of our own strength, but a faith, a faith that is born out of your power. And Lord, help us trust. Trust that you have got us. That you will take us where you've called us to go. And as long as we seek you, Lord, with all of our hearts and seek the welfare of the city you've called us in, we will always be in the sweet spot of your presence. And so Holy Spirit, come as we sing one last song. Move amongst us. Bless this church. Bless us as a congregation, Lord, and fill us with your power. We pray this in Jesus' name.